verse 12 of Genesis 15. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. And lo, a horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs and shall serve them and they shall afflict them 400 years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge and afterwards shall they come out with great substance notice the time limit that God put on the affliction in verse 13 they shall afflict them four hundred years Exodus chapter 12 Exodus 12, the chapter of their exit, deliverance from that affliction. Verse number 40. God said 400 to Abram, Exodus 12 and 40, now the sojourning of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was 430 years. Did you catch that? 30 years that God never warned Abram about. 30 years that God kept to himself. 30 years that he was silent of. I want to preach to you today the things God doesn't tell us. Things God doesn't tell us. Would you lift your hands and your voices and ask the Holy Ghost to do what only the Holy Ghost can do. God help us today. God let your will be done today. Thank you for your touch. Thank you for the reality of your presence that's in this building. Thank you for what you're about to do, God. Thank you.
you for standing. Please be seated. Scripture doesn't give us the details of why. Apparently, Abram had been on his field of sacrifice for several hours. Obviously, the journey back home was too far to take. So when the sun is setting, there on his field of sacrifice, Abram falls asleep. While he is sleeping, God comes to him in a dream. And the word of God to him was no of a surety. So Abram, what I'm about to tell you is a sure thing. Abram, it's going to happen. There's not enough prayers you can pray for it not to happen. There's not enough meals you can fast to make me change my mind. It is set and it is sure. Your seed is going to be a stranger in a land that is not theirs. And while they are in this strange land, affliction is going to come. It's not going to be pleasant. It's not going to be easy. It's, 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 it's not going to be a cakewalk. Abram, you need to go ahead and settle it now. Affliction is coming. Hard days are on the way. Tough times are coming, Abram. But Abram, I don't want you to pay so much attention to the affliction that you forget about the second part of the promise. Because the affliction is going to last 400 years. Then God inserts the word, but afterward shall they come out. And when they come out, they will come out with great substance. Abram, they will come out bigger, they will come out greater, they will come out stronger, they will come out more anointed, they will come out in bigger numbers than what they went in. So Abraham, it's very important that you don't put a period where God puts a comma. It's very important, Abraham, as long as you walk on this journey of life that you don't close the book, you just turn the page. 
because the affliction that coming will not last always. There is an expiration date to the trouble. There is a conclusion to the matter. And for God to say that it is your seed indicates this was a promise. This was a reality that was handed down from one generation to the next. When Isaac was born, Abraham's son, the bedtime stories he was told by his father was, son, we got a promise in this family. God himself has promised us that there's going to be affliction in the family. There's going to be tough times and troubled days in the family. But Isaac, I want you to understand, don't pay so much attention to the affliction that you forget to talk about the deliverance because it will not last. The same God that said it's coming is the same God that put the time limit of how long it will last. It will be hard. It will be rough. It will be tough. But it's only 400 years and we're coming out bigger. And we're coming out greater. And we're coming out stronger. We're coming out with more blessings and more power and more favor and more anointing and greater revival. Come on, Isaac. Get your head up, son. We're coming out. I'm going to be all right. That, that was transmitted down to Jacob. And Jacob was told by Isaac, and Jacob was told by his grandfather, we got affliction coming. Son, it's not something we prayed about. It's, it's not an answer to our prayer. It's not something we want. It's, it's not something that God is honoring a request. It's just the reality of a promise. It's just the lot of life. It's going to happen. We can't pray out of it. We can't walk by it. It's a surety. It's a fixed thing. It's going to happen. But Jacob, it is imperative that you keep reminding yourself we will come out. It's imperative that you keep telling yourself there is an afterward. There is an after to this. Come on, if there is an after, then that means we won't die there. If there is an after, that means God's not finished with us there. If there is an after, that means God has something better for us to have. Just hold on, Jacob. Just hold on. And when you get to Exodus 1, you will find the words Joseph, which is Jacob's son. 
Isaac's grandson, Abraham's great-grandson, Joseph, was in Egypt already. So now Abraham's promise, Isaac's promise, Jacob's promise is now Joseph's reality. He is now living in the promised affliction that God said would last 400 years. I'm sure it was tough. I'm sure the days got long and the nights seemed short, but, but understand when Joseph went into affliction, at least he saw it coming. He could prepare himself. Okay, my daddy told me, my granddaddy told me, my great-granddaddy told me, so I've got to prepare myself for trouble. I've got to prepare myself for affliction. I'm going in knowing it's going to happen, but I'm also going in knowing it won't last. So the first hundred years was tough, was rough. The first hundred years seemed lonely at times and, and seemed impossible to survive at times. But, but, but those first hundred years, they kept testifying to each other, we won't last here. They kept telling each other, things are going to get better. They kept testifying to each other, we will come out. Because the same God that said we're coming in is the same God that said we're coming out. And he's not a man that he should lie. So if God promised us affliction and it's a reality and the same God promised us deliverance, I've got to hold on till it becomes my reality. Can you imagine a hundred years go by and now the Israelites are telling each other and Joseph is reminding them only 300 years left. We've survived the first hundred years and God put an expiration date on it. God put a conclusion on it. God put a period on only 300 years left. Let's keep believing God. Let's keep obeying God. Let's keep honoring God. Let's stay faithful. Let's stay committed. Let's stay sold out to his promise. Come on, let's stay connected to what God said would happen only Come on, 200 years come and go. And now they're saying, we're halfway through this. Or we only got 200 years left. If we've survived the first two, he'll keep us safe the next two. Come on, we just, we just gotta, we just gotta stay faithful. We can't question God. We can't question his ways. Come on, I know it's easy. I, I know it's what flesh wants to do, Israel, but, but we gotta keep on believing God. After all, he's kept us safe for 300 years and we only got 100 years left. 
Only one more century and we got great substance. Only one more century and we got power. Only one more century and we got the greatest revival we've ever seen. Come on Israelites. I know it's been rough but we've been through this for 350 years. We only got 50 years left. We only got 50 more years and God will bring us out and God will see us through and God will honor his word. Oh, can you imagine the day they woke up and they checked the date on the calendar and they realized we only got two decades left. Only 20 more years and our great substance is coming. Only 20 more years and our greatest revival's on the way. Can you imagine when they woke up and they realized we only got five years left? Come on, they're, they're, they're checking an X through every day that they live. When, when, when they realize we only got two years left, come on, with, with just 365 days left, it's easy to worship God now. It's easy to get your hands up and praise God now. When you realize you got six months left, there's no pumping and priming to get an amen. No one's going to sing a shout out of you. No, not when you got 30 days left. Not when you got one month left. It's easy to believe God. It's easy to praise God. It's easy to trust God when you realize only seven more days. Because God put the date of the affliction. God set God set the limit way back when he told my great-grandfather it will only be 400 years and we only got 24 hours left. Come on, they're counting down the minutes. They're counting down the seconds. Come on, the whole group is in church right now and, and they're all getting their dance and their praise on because they realize only 60 seconds left. But... When 400 turns into 405, and 405 becomes 410, and 410 turns into 420, and that becomes 425. It's not so easy anymore to convince the people they're coming out. Moses, if you would have showed up at 399 and 11 months, maybe you could have got a great response when you preached they're coming out. But, but now you're trying to preach to them when they're 29 years past the due date of deliverance. No, now... Now it's now it's more of the spirit. Yeah, I've I've heard that before. 
I've, I've been told that before, and I've stayed faithful, and I've stayed committed, and I'm still in the mess. I stay true to a God that promised me he would never leave me nor forsake me, but I can't even feel him anymore. See, the attitude all of a sudden changes from faith to doubt. From I believe that to I'm just not quite sure. Maybe, maybe my lot in life is just to stay. Maybe all I'm doing today is allowing you to eavesdrop in on a message I'm preaching to me. Because 429 years later, Moses... Don't tell me about a God who can get me out. If he can get me out, why am I still here? He promised the affliction and he came through on that. But he also promised the deliverance and I'm still waiting. Come on, I read it to you that it was 400, but when they came out, it was 430 because there are some things God just doesn't tell us. Daniel, keep your windows open. Keep praying to me. But I'm not going to tell you about the den of lions you'll be thrown into. Hebrew boys, don't bow. I'm not going to tell you about the fiery furnace you'll be cast into. Come on, Paul and Silas, you preach my word, but I won't, I won't warn you about a jailhouse. John, the only, the only disciple standing at the cross. Okay, John, I, this is what I will tell you. Behold your mom. Mom, behold your son, but John, what I won't tell you is about, is about the Isle of Patmos you're going to be cast into. About the hot oil you're going to be. Yeah. See, there's just some things God doesn't tell us. So the question is, how do you handle the things God doesn't tell us? How do you live through it? How do you survive through the things God doesn't tell us? See, my thinking, when I hooked up our trailer almost 20 years ago and my wife and I left full-time evangelizing, my thinking was 20 years down the road, I'll be at a whole different place than the place I find myself standing in. I was... I was thinking the nicest rig and preaching all these events and having my name everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Found out two days ago to get our truck worked on Tuesday, it's going to cost me $2,000. You know, the problem with that is I took that truck 
a few months ago to get what I have to get fixed again Tuesday, and it cost $2,000. And a few months prior to that, I took it, and it cost 2000 and they still can't figure it out. I'm at almost $6,000, and they still don't know what's wrong with it. See, God never told me that. You got to get it. it. It wasn't an answer to prayer. Abraham didn't pray for the affliction. God just took him there. And there's some stuff we go through we didn't ask. I just hit something there. Some of you are going through some stuff. You're asking God, why did you do this? Why did you send me here? Why is this happening to me? It's not an answer to your prayer. It's just the place God took you because he wants to see how do you handle the things I don't tell you about. You'll be hated by all men for my name's sake. He told us that. In the last days, perilous times shall come. He told us that. Come on, but there's some, there's some stuff some of you are going through. It hits you blindside, and you're wondering. Come on, you're rocking, and you're reeling, and you're wondering what in the world's happening. Where did this come? Why is all this taking place? You're living in the things God doesn't tell us. So how do you handle it? How do you deal with it? How do you face it? How? How do you survive in God's silence? Oh my. You'll find, you'll find in that first chapter of Exodus, you'll find in that place of affliction and when the Israelites are still waiting for their deliverance, you'll find that there was a woman of Levi that married a man from the tribe of Levi. They got together. They birthed a son. The boy's name was Moses. Tell me, who was Israel's deliverer? Moses. You know what that means? That means Israel had the power to birth their own deliverance. You know what we do? Okay, God, when you get ready. Okay, God. Okay, God, I'm waiting on you. Okay, God, do it. Okay, God, come through. Okay, God, answer the prayer. Okay, God, make a way. Okay, God, break through. Okay, God, bring down the walls. And God's saying, you got the power to birth your own breakthrough. If the breakthrough comes when you dance, if the breakthrough comes when you shout, then don't, then don't wait on God to do some dancing. You do the dancing. Don't wait on God to do the shouting. You do the... We got the power with the Holy Ghost to birth our own breakthrough.
that's why that word says that the more they were afflicted the more they multiplied and grew the worse the affliction got the higher their worship got the worse the trouble got the higher the praise got the worse life seemed the more faithful to God they stood because they understood if I'm coming out I gotta get myself out if I'm coming through I gotta bring my own self through this Come on, there's something singer can't get you through. There's something musician can't get you through. There's something pastor can't get you through. There's something evangelist can't get you through. There's some things you got to go through. You got to pick up the load. You got to carry the weight. You got to make up in your mind. I refuse to die and my affliction waiting on God to do it all. He gave me breath. He gave me hands. He gave me a heart. He gave me life. And I can birth my own Moses. wasn't it wasn't the devil it wasn't hell it was the spirit of God that picked up Ezekiel and placed him in a valley full of dry scattered many bones with one question can they live Ezekiel gets to looking at this valley of what used to be. His only response is, Lord, you know. Watch what God said. Prophesy to him. God didn't say, yes, they can. God never even responded to his reply, God never even answered. Because your faith in what you think God can do is not revealed in what you say when God's speaking. It's revealed in what you declare when God's not even answering. So Ezekiel, if you want them to live, you open your mouth. You speak to that wall. You speak to that trouble. You speak to those shattered dreams. You speak to those lost expectations of where you thought you would be by now. You speak to it, Ezekiel. 
Because if you're waiting on me to talk, then the bones will stay dry, scattered, and many. The hope of what could be is not with what I say. It's with what you prophesy. So Ezekiel, you want them to live? Then don't tell them how dead they are. You speak life into it. Well, nobody knows what I'm going through. I can't get a break. Everything's going. Don't talk about what it's already like. You speak life into it. Come on, bones don't need to be told they're bones. They know they're bones. They need life. They need an assurance that God's not done yet. And I just feel like speaking to some bones right now. Get up. God's not done with you yet. Get up. God's not finished with you yet. Get up. God's not turned his back on you yet. There's life in you. There's potential in you. There's a fighter inside of you. tried it all. She went everywhere. The physicians, the hospitals, the doctors, the medicine. Couldn't. Couldn't find a way to get her daughter delivered from that spirit she had. So she made her way to Jesus. And you can tell in just the word she spoke the emotions on the inside. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. And what your Bible says, Jesus answered her, not a word. Then the disciples begin to speak up and say, send her away. She doesn't belong here. She's not of our group. She's not of our faith. She's not of our belief. And Jesus looks at these jerks and begins to talk to them. Anybody ever felt like that? You're the one with the need. But he ain't saying nothing to you. But everybody else with the wrong motives and the wrong agendas. And he talks to them. I'm, 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 just, I'm just being real. And maybe you forgot me two years ago, but that's just who I am. I just, I am who I am. We was getting our rig washed a few months ago. Slide out, it's tearing up on our trailer. We got to get that fixed. That's going to be $5,000. And 
So we go through this truck wash, get it washed. But, but, but behind me is this beautiful truck and fifth wheel that matches. That's, that's just incredible. And I'm, and the Jonathan Atkins comes out on me and I'm like, God, They don't even go to church. And I'm doing a work for you. Traveling all over this country. I could use a rig that doesn't tear up all the time. What do I got to do? I got to go spend $2,000 on something that don't even fix the problem. It's like he's taking time for the disciples with a bad attitude, but me who's in need. Come on, I know I'm not by myself. We've all felt like that. We, where am I? Where do I fit in your kingdom, God? If it's not bad enough that he was silenced to her, he, he, he turns and says to her, I haven't come for people like you. You're, you're just a dog. I have, come on, I, the past month I have thought to be a king's kid but having feeling like he's calling me you ain't nothing but a dog it's 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 the things God doesn't tell us and she said yeah okay but even dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. But, but, but listen, listen, listen. I'm sick of crumbs. I've eaten crumbs for 20 years. I want the loaf already. So, so how, do you, how do you go from crumbs to loaf? You do what she did in the silence. She fell down and worshipped. <laughs> He's not talking. He's not answering. He's not moving. I don't feel like I'm as high as I thought I was because he's letting me know I ain't nothing but a dog. But I tell you what, before I go back home, Jesus, just let me spend a moment worshiping you. And on the other side of worship, go home. Your daughter is made whole. What do you do in the things God doesn't tell you? You gotta keep worshiping God until he starts talking again. You just gotta keep worshiping God until he does what he promised he would do 429 years ago.
because it's always on the other side of that worship that you birth a Moses. It's always on the other side of that worship that dry bones begin living again. It's always on the other side of that prophecy that life takes shape once again. Come on, I'm just trying to tell somebody in this house that's been going through the silence of God and you've been going through things you wasn't told about and he didn't warn you of and he didn't prepare you of. I tell you what you do, the more you're afflicted, you gotta keep growing. You gotta keep multiplying. You gotta let your worship grow. Come on, you gotta let your praise grow. The more you're afflicted, you got to keep living for God better and praying more and giving more. That's how you birth your deliverer. Come on, would you lift up your hands? Would you raise up your voices, musicians? Come. Come on, you're not loud enough. Get your voices up. Get your mouth open. Come on, Ezekiel, this is your moment. Prophesy to it. Talk to it. Declare life to it. Come on, I know you're in this longer than you expected. I know you thought your deliverance would come way before now. But in the middle of what God doesn't tell you, don't let his silence make you become silent. You keep talking to a God because he's still listening even when he doesn't talk. He still hears even when he doesn't respond. 